0: Welcome to Phantom Rant Radio. Well, hey, welcome back to Phantom Rant Radio. I am here just by myself uh, with a very special guest, uh, Josh Friday. So, Josh, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh- Appreciate you hyping me up. Not
1: special. Guest, though. Definitely guest. Oh. You got that right. I'm a guest. But glad to be here on one of my favorite podcasts. Probably my top five to ten favorite podcasts in the whole history of the world right here Phantom (laughs) Rant. That's pretty high. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So you guys do an amazing job. And it's a real honor. It's it's, the highlight of my – I don't want to say of my existence. I almost said that. Whoa. it's the but it is the highlight of uh, of my podcasting I guess career. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best thing I've ever done in podcasting to be able to share the podcast with you guys. So thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, yeah, it's gonna be fun, but I did just want to uh, give you a little uh, shout out real quick. Hey, if you're listening, you need to check out a pod about nothing. Because it truly is a special podcast. It's very special. It's about, see, it's about nothing. It's called Dad Pod.
1: You can find it on all your, you know, little little platforms out there that you want to look at. It's on everything, uh, but uh, it's pretty much on everything. It's on Apple and Spotify. It's on Google Play, but no one really goes on there. I don't think. <laughs> I actually do
0: listen to podcasts on Google you, Play.
1: Uh, what do you use most often for your podcasts? Is it Google Play or?
0: i would use spotify most yeah yeah that's most friendly on the mobile but um at work on my work computer it's so slow that i can't use spotify as well so i use google google play or google Podcasts.
1: well it's good to know that that's still a viable option it is but yeah you'll find it out there it's a pot about nothing um which i'll talk every week about nothing for 20 to 30 minutes Although we're getting more somethings lately, a lot more topics. But I'm excited for tonight today, whenever people are listening to this, to be able to hear or talk about something. I've been talking about nothing for so long. This is something tonight we're going to oh, yeah. talk
0: about. So. We haven't even mentioned what the something is. No, it's just a something.
1: I don't want to, you know, spoiler anything. We're big on this spoiler, is big. spoiler alerts here,
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Josh is a great friend. Uh, he was my uh, youth pastor, grown up in in high school, and just now I consider him a great friend. And he lives far away, but uh, we're still very close. Super glad to have you on, Josh. And the topic of tonight's episode will be the 1999 classic, The Matrix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that
1: you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth.
0: You are a slave born into a prison for your mind
1: the matrix is a system neil that system is our enemy try to realize the truth what truth there is no spoon human beings are a disease a cancer of this planet you are a plague and we are the cure yeah i'd like to say uh i'm not i don't want to ever call myself an expert And if anyone ever calls himself an expert on something, it's kind of a red flag. It's like, (laughs) it's probably not actually an expert. They're probably just blowing smoke. But if there was one movie that I love, it's The Matrix. 1999, 14-year-old Josh rolled into a movie theater. Just had to scrounge up $5 back then and make it to the movies. We didn't have debit cards back in 99 yet. And I was a kid. So I didn't have one. So I scrounged up my my life savings, my my allowances all together, and went and saw The Matrix. 14 years old. Damn. And uh, I don't know why my mom let me go see it, or what, how, what were the circumstances? Is rated R, mom. But uh, anyway, I went, and we can get into to more of it. But I just want to say before we even get into it, this is one of my favorite movies. So. I'm glad we get to discuss this and not like Pirates of the Caribbean or some crap.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I John know. Wick or
1: some John crap Wick.
0: Like
1: oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. People love John Wick. It's like Disney. You're, you're like, can't talk bad about Disney. John Wick. Or Wish. they'll
0: trash you. No, but seriously, yeah. I did see John Wick the other day and I don't know. It was it was just okay. Like story yeah. was really okay. So
1: it's not <laughs> i watched watching it, it's like they killed my dog. <laughs> Literally, like they killed his dog. Maybe I missed something, but it's like they killed the dude's dog. He's mad, goes on a rampage. But that's like old Keanu Reeves at that point. Yeah. Now, hey, Keanu Reeves celebrated a birthday this week. Fifty-five.
0: He did fifty-five. Yeah, that's big news. Yeah. I wouldn't think he's fifty-five. I would think maybe fifty-one. I, yeah, I put him at forty five. The dude looks good. Yeah, he does. For
1: being Keanu Reeves, like the dude looks good. You know, that notwithstanding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, Keanu Reeves, like, would you say this is this is his breakout moment, or would you put it earlier? Uh,
1: well, it's it's hard to say if "Babes in Toyland" was Keanu Reeves' breakout moment, and 92. <laughs> You probably never even heard of that movie. No, Go Google I have. listeners out there. I think it was the kind of movie that in the 90s they used to get out in the McDonald's drive-through. It was like a DVD in the McDonald's drive-through was Babes in Toyland. Babes <laughs> in Toyland. Um, it's like a Christmas movie where he goes into this toy world. Uh. oh it's slightly true. horrible. This is horrifying. horrifying. I can't make it up. Yeah, it's horrifying. Drew Barrymore's in it as like a two year old. (laughs)
0: Richard Mulligan.
1: (laughs) He needed to take a mulligan on that movie. Um, Yeah. But no, um, yeah, I think uh, to actually answer your question, (laughs) it's got to be hands down. The Matrix, before that, Keanu Reeves kind of bounced around. He kind of did, yeah, he did Speed. He did um, like a Walk in the Clouds, which was like a romantic film. And then, yeah, Point Break. Uh-huh. Um, Bill and Ted was kind of like not that well accepted at the time but it's become a cult classic and people love it I, I I enjoyed it actually but but then all of a sudden he comes to the Matrix we're like, where like where, is this, where did this dude come from you know huh. so I think he really bursts on the scene I mean you'd have to look at the numbers of what the previous ones did Speed and Point Break but I don't know I think it made him a megastar and I think that's why he's able to do John Wick to this day, because The Matrix. Yeah, although he went away for a while after. The, I feel like after the Matrix movies, I can't think of what he did until John Wick. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I uh, I totally get that. I feel like he just kind of took a break. I know he went through some personal oh, things break. at the at the at that time in his life. Did but he, what
1: what did he go through?
0: I know. That, uh, he and his girlfriend. Uh, had a serious relationship i don't know her name but i know that she gave birth to a stillborn baby and that was hard for them yeah so hard that it caused a breakdown in their relationship and then they split and then she ended up passing away and i think that was really hard on him yeah. she was in a car accident That's or horrible.
1: something yeah see like you know we always see these people as uh the characters but they got real lives and things like that going on and- you, we don't know a lot about that. The backstory of like, what's going on while people are they they're filming these movies and they're having a life, like a real life actually. And yeah, that could have, I mean obviously that something like that affects you in a big way. So, oh totally. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a mega. He was a mega star then, and then like you said, he took some time off. It seems like because I can't think of any. I'm sure there were. I mean, there are uh, like Constantine. Constantine. Haven't seen that. (laughs) I haven't either, to be honest. But it was a a thing. Uh, But yeah, we can't. We can't think of any. So uh,
0: I can't. John Wick. (laughs) You know, he was recently in Toy Story 4, which is pretty good movie. Really? Yeah, it was a good movie, but I didn't
1: even realize he was in it. I just saw it. You saw it? I saw it. He he was
0: the, the Duke Kaboom guy.
1: Hi, Duke.
0: Who's the cowboy?
1: Duke, meet Woody. Woody, meet...
0: Duke, kaboom. Canada's greatest stuntman. Huh. Oh, yeah. Huh.
1: huh. Yes. Huh? Uh-huh. He's posing. Huh. Duke. Duke, we need Hold to... Hold on. One more. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, that makes... That makes perfect sense. Canadian? Canadian?
0: Huh? Uh, yeah. Duke. <laughs> kaboom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's perfect for that now that you mention it.
0: But, yeah, um, let me give a little rundown of The Matrix. So, it was released on March 31st, 1999. um, And it is the first installment in the Matrix franchise, which depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, which is known as The Matrix. Um, And these AI machines uh, that were originally created by humans have enslaved humanity and are using their bodies as energy capsules. <laughs> hmm. As a Duracell battery, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we get an idea here in the beginning of the film. Our, uh, we got a group of protagonists uh, known as the Resistance, and they are uh, trying to find the the one who, which ends up being Spoiler alert, I think it's Neo. Neo. Thomas Anderson. Thomas Anderson. Mr. Anderson.
1: As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, in two years, I'm going to be in Lord of the Rings. I'm going to be uh, that elf in Lord of the Rings in two years, Mr. Anderson. Because of this film, it's going to launch me to greater heights, Mr. Anderson. (laughs) And I will be in so many Lord of the Rings films, even though I think I was in The Hobbit, even though that bombed. (laughs) Hey, I actually do like The Hobbit. (laughs) I like The Hobbit just fine, but. Also, V for Vendetta, lest we forget Mr. Anderson. Thank you, (laughs) by the way.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness, Mr. Anderson. Uh, Well, this film is known for many things, but some of those things are just great action sequences, the slow motion bullet tracking Mm -hmm. shots, as well as the uh, the thought-provoking ideas on uh, spiritual and psychological things. Um, You know, there's actually inspired books and theories that expand upon some of the religious and philosophical ideas. I read that on Wikipedia, and (laughs) I don't know if it's true or not, but...
1: (laughs) Well, you got to imagine that uh, really with any work of, whether it be literature, whether it be film, there's going to be spiritual parallels because, I mean, uh, you know, regardless, a lot of people believe a lot of different things, and that's totally fine. But we're always intrigued with the with the supernatural and different things, um, which probably inspires a lot of the, the people that wrote these films and movies and things like that. So yeah. it's hard to know exactly what, where someone was coming from. And sometimes we draw too much from a movie, but you look at like Lord of the Rings, there's an obvious parallel Tolkien had to spiritual things mm-hmm. the matrix in a different way. Absolutely. I think if you look at it, um, it's more uh, subtle. There's more subtle things in there. But think about the city, like the last human city. It's called what? Zion. Zion. Huh? So that's a reference yeah. to the biblical Zion, you know, of At the, the Jewish center people. of the earth. Center of the earth, near the core where it's center still warm.
0: The, yeah, <laughs> near the core where it's still warm because they didn't, they took out the sun. They
1: scorched the sun.
0: <laughs> so, um, oh, boy. But yeah,
1: that, that's. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of parallels as well. even even like uh, a lot of a lot of li- literary kind of um, references like the Alice Alice in Wonderland
0: mm-hmm.
1: where he's kind of telling Neo in the beginning, Morpheus is like oh yeah, how far do you want to go down the rabbit hole you know mm-hmm. and you kind of feel like you're tumbling down the rabbit hole, you know very very similar to that story too, where she kind of goes you know Alice goes through this thing and kind of wakes up, like, what was that? That was kind of her matrix, but yeah, uh, in a weird way, it's kind of borrows from that, and definitely some religious and spiritual themes. Neo is the savior, the one,
0: yeah, know, the chosen one. Mm-hmm. So, to wake up all the enslaved humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of great parallels there, um, but you know, it's interesting. The movie was relatively a hit at the box office; not a phenomenal hit. It did about four hundred hundred and sixty three billion worldwide, um, wow. which I believe is second in the Matrix trilogy. I think the last one did oh, much more than that, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, but you also got to—I never understand those numbers because, like, you got to adjust for inflation somehow. Because, like, like I said, when I was a kid, fourteen, the ticket was no more than five or six bucks. Now. Theaters get away charging 12, 13 bucks for a ticket.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, that's part of it. And now, oh, totally. the third one came out, I don't know what year, but probably. What was that? 2005? Oh, 2000, like, 2005
0: or so. Yeah. So it's not
1: like inflation was a huge deal with that. But, like, people say, like, oh, the Avengers broke Star Wars, is, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, they paid a dollar to go to the movies in 77. So, it took a lot more people to get those millions. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not compare anything to star wars it's its own thing
0: it's so true but yeah that's
1: interesting though that the third movie generated the most
0: yeah maybe no, they, three. they
1: here's what it here's how it happened the first movie came out in 99 and we were like what the crap was that that was amazing like that was awesome we want to watch that again because we don't know what happened like that so you rewatch that one then the second one came out, and everyone was excited, they're like, man, this is great. And it was kinda like, huh, okay, not as great as the first one, but decent. Then the third one came out. I think people went to it because they were like, okay, surely they're gonna they're gonna bring it all together, they're gonna tie a bow on it. The second one wasn't great, so yeah, the third one, one one's gotta be the hit because, you know, huh. it's the last one. And then it was like, ooh, possibly the worst of the three. Yeah. Um, We'll have to go back and rewatch the third to see how it stands up. But I think historically it's been known to, even though it generated more money, which is very interesting. I think that's what people thought. Like, okay, they thought the third movie was their Neo. This is our savior. This third movie is going to save this series. It kind of went down. You can't replicate. That first movie was so great. Yeah. The Matrix. It was so great. You can't really. It's hard with any series i don't i can't think of one where other than like star wars maybe or whatever where the second and third movie hold up to that initial one
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know it's actually kind of interesting is comparing these movies to the star wars prequel trilogy so they were releasing around the same time 99 yeah. through That's through true. about 05 yeah i remember that but um yeah, I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and uh, they scored Matrix. What is it? Revive? Revoli- revolutions? Revolutions at a 37%. Okay, that's better than I thought. Was revolutions <laughs> is number two, right? Oh, wait, hang on. Reloaded is number two, and then. Reloaded. Resol- what was Reloaded? Like 50? No, higher than that. It was 73. Oh. Ah yeah it wow the second one wasn't it wasn't horrible. it just wasn't
1: the it wasn't the original. I think the only problem with the third one that pushed it down so bad was like the fight scenes to me it was almost like a, a anime like it was this weird like robotic anime flying around fight scene like Superman versus Batman stuff where it's like we don't need that. you know yeah. it doesn't fit here in this genre. Yeah. So, anyway, but the but story-wise, I feel like it it was still still held up.
0: Still up there. Yeah, I mean, I we'll get into this later, but after watching the movie, you're left wondering, "Oh man, I wonder if they like saved the world, like they really they free everyone from slavery." Right. And that's something I actually don't know because I haven't seen the second or third one.
1: What happens? I don't know we what will, happens. We shouldn't spoil it here. Because we want people to go watch the movies, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, you know, it's very much it's like easy. the original Star Wars trilogy. Not, not to make all these Star Wars comparisons. I don't know why I'm doing yeah. that. Well, it's but, like the, it's the goat of trilogies. That's fair, <laughs> but it's like that movie starts with the world in a bad place mm-hmm. and it ends with freedom, and that's sort of how I'm guessing this this kind of goes. Is that is that how you say? Robots. they both
1: have robots so i mean basically they're the exact same movie (laughs) (laughs) mind control (laughs) (laughs) jiu-jitsu oh we gotta we'll get to that we'll get to that okay
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) um but would you be shocked if i said that the original matrix was scored at 87 yeah, I actually saw that this week in
1: prepping for the show. I was looking at that, and I was shocked out of my mind. I thought this is a ninety to ninety-five, if not more. Like, I don't know. I mean, what are the? I again, not to compare to Avengers because we've already done that, but it's fine. what are the it's Avengers? Fair. Ninety plus? Yeah, and those are good movies. They're fine. They're great, but The Matrix was groundbreaking, and I don't know. We're Tomatoes is hard though because the other night I rented a movie. It was kind of an indie film. I rented through whatever Amazon or who knows. Mm-hmm. But it had ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. and It was a sci fi movie. I love the genre. Wow. I watched the trailer. It looked great, and I thought, okay, well, Rotten Tomatoes said it's good. I watched it. it was horrible. I give it a twenty three on Rotten Tomatoes. Jeez. So it's like, eh, it's it's that's still subjective at the end of the day. So it's true. All i have
0: to say. I'd put it higher, but I'm just one guy. I think a lot of people would put it higher. I, it really, 87, that's low. To me, it was low, but. That's a B plus, this is not a B plus film.
1: It's not a B plus, this is not Mission Impossible 5.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, It's a great film, and you know, Entertainment Weekly, uh, in a. In a story cover the Matrix when it first released, and they said this could be the most influential action film of of the generation. Absolutely,
1: I didn't I didn't realize that, but I would have to agree with that because it's hard to it's hard to think of one that was more influential in the way fight scenes were done because that took it to another level where then everyone else was trying to like if you saw like if we saw in that time in like say oh three me and yeah. my buddies in high school. Or watching another movie we're comparing it to the matrix we're like oh that was kind of like the matrix yeah. like, there's a movie that came out called equilibrium which <laughs> is like you know that movie no it's like got tay Diggs in it and uh what's his name christian bale and uh it was this over the top action movie oh it's Sean Bean. you could tell it was I don't know if it came out. I'm assuming it came out right after The Matrix. But
0: oh, I have see- I have heard of this. I watched was- the trailer for it. It's so weird. I couldn't tell you the plot, but I just remember it
1: was over the top, and I remember a dude's face gets sliced in half at one point. <laughs> like, they slice it, and it looks normal, and then his face starts to slide down, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, they're trying to do something way outside the box. The Matrix but. It was a good attempt. It was a decent movie, but I feel like every movie in the, ni- like, 99 on to the mid-2000s, at least, was trying to play catch-up with The Matrix, because they had the the bullets where they would slow down, and the slow motion had that anime-type, uh, like, good anime, not the third movie where it was machine. war war. What's that, like, Gears of War, war Gears of war, or Gears of
0: War, Far Cry.
1: <laughs> it's basically Far Cry, but...
0: I don't even know if Far Cry is. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Uh, it's not my not my thing. But yeah. Plus you if it is. What? Okay, this is an interesting question. What would you say unseated Matrix as as the action or sci-fi film of a generation?
1: Mm. Well, first of all, we'd have to decide if it's been un unseated. I will say, to me, it's still, I I can't think of one, and I just watched it, so it's fresh on my brain, my mind. It's like, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot, but I would still put it there as the best. However, I think I'd have to say, like, honestly, currently, there's nothing other than the Avengers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe that really is, is doing action well. Like, yeah like those movies you can you know we can probably debate each movie and how well it was received or whatever um but and the star wars but that's kind of a reboot in some ways even though it's that's new true scripts and all that um but they're filmed very they're going to be filmed similar to. Uh, so i'll have to say i don't i don't know like i feel like it really set the bar high and then you got Right after that, you really got the Mission Impossible like John Woo-directed kind of stuff where it's like explosions and over the top. I think definitely Fast and Furious has tried to lay claim to that somewhat. I think probably as far as successful, definitely would have to be Fast and Furious franchise, right? Yeah. I mean, they have a ride at Universal, so I mean, it's got to be... That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a film that I think may have unseated it. And I think it's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. And you know, that movie's not near as popular as The Matrix. No. It's, and it, go on, go on. yeah. Sorry. And it's, it's probably not as well-received as The Matrix. But that is a good movie. Yeah. And I think that you can make a case for that being maybe the, the action movie of the 2010s. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed uh, Mad Max.
1: Wait, we, was were there two of those? I think it was just or one. Was Fury Road. It was just called Fury Road, but it was Fury really- Road. Yeah, I mean, technically, it's that's what was confusing about it because it was in the Mad Max universe, but we don't know. I don't think we're really clear when it happened. If you if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you know the old Mad Max, Mel Gibson.
0: With Mel Gibson, well, like you realize, before those or after?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, in the timeline, I think it just is a story within the Mad Max universe, from what I read. Right. Um, and of course, Tom Hardy, amazing actor. Um, just everything he's done is great. So I think that story, the way it was shot, uh, cinematography, and I love that movie. So I think it just might be a little out. Like for some people, it might be a little strange just because of the just the nature of it but the weirdness yeah but it was a it was a thrill ride man it was a great movie
0: oh yeah yeah but matrix is fantastic and you know it won uh, four academy awards it won best film editing best sound best sound effects and best visual effects no surprise there at all oh yeah 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 and um best use of a trench coat in a film that's <laughs> huge of a trench coat i would completely agree
1: <laughs> can't think of a movie with a better use of a trench
0: coat. i don't want to go down that road though that's oh
1: that's
0: either, either. fast forward anyway okay let's uh let's talk first impressions so what was your experience seeing this film for the first time i know you're 14 yeah. yeah but what else happened at that point in your life
1: well a lot was happening i'm being in that i was in eighth grade just finished the eighth grade <laughs> Um, and I don't, again, I don't remember the circumstances around it cause it was 20 years ago, but I do remember buying a ticket and, um, I, for all I know, I rode my bicycle up to the theater cause I'd seen this preview and maybe that's how I got in. Cause I know my mom wouldn't let me just go see this movie on my own. I probably just yeah. told her I'm going to my friends, rode up to the matrix and watched it. Cause even at 14, I love sci-fi. And so I... I had no idea what this is about. So first impression, I watched it. And of course, my mind was blown. If you've seen it, you understand, like, it's got a a deep, the plot is kind of deep. The action for the time, especially, was like, whoa, this is, I have never seen anything like that. You can imagine, like, there's been some great action movies before that. Yeah. But this kind of turned the page and, like, we're getting into something a little different here
0: Uh in,
1: in 99, like, turn of the century, all that. So, like, yeah, first impression, I'm like, what just happened? I didn't grasp probably half of it as a 14-year-old. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Like, they went into the computer and stuff and, like, I honestly, I didn't watch, I haven't probably watched it in a few years and, um, as I'm watching it as a grown, like a grown-up or whatever, um, yeah. I I was able to piece the story together pretty, like fairly easy, but as a kid, I'm like, it wasn't like I was lost. I just didn't put little pieces together where there's so many little
0: mm-hmm.
1: plots or, uh, like, little things that come together. They're like, oh, that – because I'm analyzing everything now. Like, now that I'm older, I sit right. there and I analyze every single thing about, wait, so he's in his little little incubator, little bubble thing. How does that work? But before I just thought, like, oh, Neo's in a bunch of goo. I don't know. why is he Why is he in that goo? yeah remember that goo that he comes out of and he's like all sticky and like oh is that like a i thought is that like a dream or something like i don't know what's that goo (laughs) why is that why is neo in goo i don't know (laughs) but so it's weird going back as from where i was when i was a kid to Mm. now watching it but i would say both both times like i i enjoyed it just as much it wasn't like like some things you watch as a kid you try to watch it now and it's like oh it's it's still stupid, but yeah, Matrix is like, man, I even like it, it made more sense now that I, I guess, I grasp stuff more. And I've watched it since then, but yeah, kind of like it's all in the background or whatever. But this time I was sitting like trying to like analyze it. So, man, that was my first impression. Um, just That's great. really just like blown away. It was one of those movies like you got to watch it at two or three times to just figure out what
0: what just happened? The yeah. action was cool, but I'm lost. <laughs> totally, yeah. My first experience wasn't in a the theater. I watched it at home uh, with my dad and Ryan, and it w- it's one of his favorite movies. So he was he's done his best to educate us on uh, you know cult classic films, which this is one. And would you consider this a cult classic? Or is, yeah, it, or is that more so an 80s thing? No, no man. A cult classic is,
1: is even current. Like, it could be... In the last couple of years, there could be cult classes. Because it's just something that... I mean, it's better with age, but it's something that wasn't accepted or didn't make a lot of money initially, but then grew a following. You know, an underground mm-hmm. following, which then became, like, really popular because of the underground following. But I think... The Matrix falls into that even though it was very successful um, compared to other, like, smaller, like, cult classic films or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it had more exposure. It was on like, like, New Line Cinema or something like that. Yeah. So it's, like, it wasn't an indie film by any means. But it wasn't – it also wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean where everyone's going out to see it. (laughs) You know, you're bringing the kid. It was one of those where, like, you had to intentionally go – like scope this movie out and see it. And so I do think it had that following of people that love sci-fi and stuff, which is kind of can be a subgenre.
0: Oh yeah. Sci-fi is definitely a subgenre of action. And I remember just being totally blown away. I didn't understand it. I think I was in middle school at the time or early high school. Like, yeah, like a freshman or so. And I just remember being shocked at the whole red pill blue pill idea (laughs) my mind just couldn't get around that it was just like this one decision could change his life forever you know yeah and that i don't know i think i really thought too deep about it as a a kid and (laughs) yeah that's interesting i never really focused on that
1: aspect but It really was a big turning point in the movie, if you think about it, actually. Yeah. And I think it's now that's part of pop culture, the red pill, blue pill. Oh, yeah. Woke or whatever. It's like part of (laughs) people still reference that even without knowing it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That was pretty influential. Um, It's funny. I'm thinking about this now because in high school, we were all into the Matrix. Yeah. Like me and my buddies or whatever, to the point where a spanish class in high school was so like 10th grade so this is like two two to three years after the matrix came out in spanish class the project was film an entire movie in spanish right and you could do whatever you want it's just all espanol so we made a, a mix of mission impossible 2 and the matrix and i was the lead neo and so i remember my main line was this Mi nombre es Neo.
0: <laughs> Mi nombre es
1: Nio. It was amazing. And I wish footage of that existed, but, um, but yeah, that was my, from, you know, speaking of first impressions, I loved it enough to film a, a, a Spanish project about it in 10th yeah. grade. So, <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: That's awesome. Mi nombre es Neo. Mi nombre es Neo. <laughs> That's great. That's going to go in the episode description for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I'm thinking at this point, let's just maybe dive deep into the film. Yeah. Like some of the parts that stick out to you, things that um, you remember so vividly, those uh, those scenes. For me, the the scene that has always just shocked me as a kid is when he lost his mouth yeah interrogation scene i just it it scared me so much as a kid that when i saw it the other day it was it still creeped me out a little bit
1: oh yeah it was imagine being if you haven't seen the film just let us paint a picture imagine being interrogated by some agents and then all of a sudden you go to speak and your mouth the skin in your mouth forms you uh, basically there's no more mouth and the skin connects and you just have one solid piece and you can't talk it was weird yeah. looking, and you feel for Neo, because you're like, dude, that that sucks, man.
0: <laughs> he just wanted his phone call. Yeah. Yeah, how about,
1: he said, how about, I give you the finger, <laughs> you give me my phone call. He gave him the finger, didn't get the phone call. Note to self, don't make a machine thing Sentinel program mad. Cause then they make you not have a mouth. Apparently, you get a mouthful. Yeah, you get a you get a mouthful. Or <laughs> do they have a word for that? The Sentinels are like, eh, we'll hit him with the old mouthful. I don't know. <laughs> the old rubber mouth. Give him all the rubber mouth. See.
0: <laughs> I think he goes, "Well, Mister Anderson, how would you like to make your phone call when you can't even speak?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then his mouth just starts like forming you're like, whoa! He was so
1: confused, (laughs) let's be real. He was so confused in that moment. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, and then they they bug him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that because he goes, they put the bug in his
1: stomach or whatever, this this little robotic bug that tracks his movements. And then they let him go, and he wakes up out of a dream, and he just thought that was a dream. Next scene, they're it from his belly, and he goes,
0: That thing was real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. It's like, yeah, dude, that was real. Remember when it burrowed into your stomach? Yeah. Somehow they made him forget, and they they can make him just wake up, and, you know, it's just the Matrix. And he's like, that thing was real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They just throw it out the window.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they throw it out the window, and then if you watch, it blinks it blinks, and then it stops. It's not waterproof? Like, it's raining outside. <laughs> it's not waterproof? Like, like it was in this goo of his stomach, like the stomach goo, and it was working just fine. And does it work off—maybe it works off human body, like BTUs, because that's kind of the premise of the movie. That's true. Although, the Matrix, so it's all software anyway. It is software. So it doesn't matter. You can do whatever. It's all— They can have homing fake. beacons that don't run on batteries. <laughs> Um, yeah. But no, yeah, no, as no, you, far as the actual, as far as the actual movie, there was a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of scenes that, to me, on their own, they were just kind of funny things. Not f- like ha funny, but uh, stuff that was just like, that was, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, one that just always stuck out to me, just as far as random scenes, was the fight scene where he's fighting the agent, Agent Smith. In the in the last scene of that subway, right at the very end, yeah, he goes and he he punches at him. Agent Smith grabs the wrist of Neo, right by his throat. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it, of course. That, Neo then just he had taken so many classes on jujitsu, drunken boxing, uh, kung fu, so he's able to just extend his fingers, <laughs> hits Agent Smith in the neck, to which he goes, flings his head back. I just I love that scene. I love that moment. He just. Catches the wrist, you're like, oh man, he caught the wrist. There's no boom hits him with the finger tap. The finger tap was my favorite by far action scene from the movie. But
0: yeah. But no, there's a
1: lot of like there's a lot of weird little stuff like that in the mouth and the in the red pill and all this imagery. But um but yeah, there's also what was I gonna say with that? I was going somewhere. Anyway, um it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's the action. Of the movie, which we said was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's the random thing. I would say like even little Easter eggs, right? That's where I was going with that. It's like uh, a few times throughout the movie, I didn't realize that they referenced the city of Chicago, which oh
0: yeah, they do. I
1: assume it was filmed. It looks like it's filmed. maybe it was even filmed in Chicago, but I think a lot of it was filmed in l a, and that's kind of where we're meant to believe it's taken place or New York. Um, but a couple times he mentions like, Go to the TV repair shop or go to uh, Wabash and Lake. And I'll look at it. Up, like, Wabash that, and Lake yeah. is a place. Like, we were in Chicago last week. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, and then we watched the movie. And I'm like, oh, like, that sounds like Chicago. And so
0: that's a train anyway, station.
1: Wachowskis, uh, they love, they're from Chicago, you know, the directors and writers. And they were like, yeah, we live in L.A., we tolerate L.A., but we love Chicago. So they threw stuff like that. So now watching it, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. like, Chicago Easter eggs and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like that's what makes it such a deep movie. It was well thought through. Not only the little Easter eggs like that, not only the action, but the story. I don't think there's been a story like that. I think there's a lot of similar ones in sci fi that have come out since then, but when it came out, there wasn't anything like that. And it speaks a lot to 2019 and where we're at with AI. Like, they were talking about AI 99. Like, we barely had instant message and AOL. This is ancient. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Neo's using floppy
0: disks in the movie. This is like. <laughs> one of my favorite parts just, is when he goes uh, <laughs> AI, or Morpheus goes AI, and then Neo goes artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no one knew what that No one AI knew was. what that is. They thought it was Alan Iverson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Sorry, I totally cut you off. What were you about to say? Ah, oh,
1: man, I don't know. I got a, I got a short term memory. I don't know. I'm all over the place. I do a podcast about nothing, you know. <laughs> um, but no, like it had uh, all these all these elements when you put them together and it made this film that was like that's why it's groundbreaking, not just because of one thing. Like some movies are groundbreaking because of one one thing, like the action was like oh we've never seen effects like this or the story. Or I think it was like great story action. There's Easter eggs throughout, and it was a commentary on society. Twenty nineteen. Think about where we'll be 30 years from now. We're already pretty dependent on technology.
0: Yeah. Machines
1: of the movie could be the machines of our in our pockets now of a phone. Like think about we're never without a phone. Google always knows where we're at, and Apple and these companies right. and Facebook. And I'm not. This is not a conspiracy theory show or anything weird. It's just what we live in. They have all that data. Yeah. I, I recently learned like data is is the most uh, valuable commodity in the world. Mm-hmm. More valuable than gasoline, oil, uh, any of that. It's way more. Billions and billions are being spent by companies to get our data, and so, I mean, you always hope they have good intentions for that data. But the the good sci-fi person in me likes to think that uh, there's a dystopian movie in the works about our <laughs> society, which is sad. I don't want that to be the case, but I think there is. Yeah, it, I mean, there's there's got to there's something going on there, and so. Anyway, The Matrix, though, well ahead of its time, kind of talks about this issue. Like, what if we empowered machines so much that we didn't rel- – not only did we not rely on them, but they, like, took o- took us over. Like, it sounds crazy. To, like, we sound like <clears> idiots <throat> here talking about it. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to a degree, even today, they've taken us over somewhat. I mean, it's, true. it's cliche, We're still but on it. everyone on the, on the subway or the bus is – Looking at your phone if you're in line waiting at the doctor's office, you're not gonna talk to the person standing behind you. Dear Lord, you're gonna look at your phone and act like you have something going on. Yeah.
0: Um
1: dear God, I don't wanna have to actually talk to another human. I don't know. There's a stranger, <laughs> I can't talk to him, you know. Um so that's I mean, that can be ex- and it, that's definitely an extreme case, but um but think about like it's only been twenty years since the Matrix and technology it's come a long way since they barely had cell phones in that movie. Mm-hmm. They had those that cool Nokia phone that like flipped out. I love oh, that. Oh yeah. Back in the day like, um, that was baller. But yeah, it was ninety nine. No one had cell phones. That's not realistic. It's true. But but yeah, I, I don't know. I think all those all that to say, it's it's a conglomeration of a lot of things. Um, but the story, if you haven't seen the movie, you gotta like. What are you doing? Like I know.
0: <laughs> you gotta watch it. I mean, we've spoiled stuff already, so. I mean, but at it's this been point, out
1: for 20 years, so we haven't spoiled crap.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's been out for 20 years. I've seen it. I feel like I haven't seen a lot of famous movies, and this is one that I have seen, so, you know, you gotta watch this one. Movies. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, like, I don't know. Pulp Fiction or stuff like that. Okay, but um, any other thoughts on the actual movie? The uh, some scenes that really stuck out to you, or
1: yeah, I think um, re- like recently the scenes that stuck out to me was you said you had that red pill blue pill really stuck out to you. Looking back at yeah. right. it, oh me, yeah. When I watched it a couple days ago. It was just the scene where he's in that that got yeah, like that goo, like the the uh, laundry detergent stuff. <laughs> all these humans. Yeah. You know, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm making no sense. But like, all the humans are in these little pods.
0: Energy pod, pods. No, nah, an E pod. <laughs> Very <laughs> energy
1: efficient. But no, like the machines are harvesting and using us as batteries, and like it was just crazy. Because when I was watching as a kid, I didn't put two and two together that when he came up out of the thing, and he was completely bald, he had no eyebrows, nothing, because he's been in a pod since birth. And I just, I thought it was interesting, like, he, they get him out of the extract him, and then once he wakes up, the machines are like, ah, we don't want this guy anymore, dump him. They just dump him out, right? <laughs> the goo goes down, he goes like down a little toilet, and you, like, you can't see anything. He goes naked, and his little, his little noodle's going down, like, gotta, <laughs> don't watch it too closely, but... Um anyway, he goes down and then <laughs> wake him up and he's like, Why do my eyes hurt? And then Morpheus is like, It's because you've never used them before. What? That's crazy. That's the I just realized that. Like he's been in a pod of goo of laundry detergent essentially for the last thirty-four or five years, right? He's that's his real existence. Like his real existence is that bald guy in this tub of goo his whole life yeah meanwhile he's still conscious enough that he thinks he's living this life in the matrix that's just subconscious and so just kind of that idea of like being uh you know plugged into something and being detached from reality i think nowadays i think of things like online gaming could be that vr even as vr keeps getting more and more where it's something we do for fun or recreation uh uh-huh. but and it is this could be social media too it could be that pod or that thing you kind of like go into it's like escape from the world you disconnect you're in the matrix um yeah. but we do like to we do like to be disconnected from the world the real world if you will because there's a lot of problems in the real world you know it's like oh yeah man, if you turn on twitter even or the news feed it can be depressing so it's like you need those places to escape but also, it kind of paints a picture of like Neo, who's a good character in terms of he wants to liberate the human race, and then you got Cipher, this guy who's like, oh. "I'm going to make a deal with the machines," and he makes a statement: "Ignorance is bliss." Yeah, Trinity. And that, and that's the thing because the deal he makes is he wants to wake up and live in the Matrix, which is a simulated computer program. He wants to have a good job. He wants – he goes, I want to be someone –
0: Hollywood.
1: Like an actor. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because he's an actor in real life. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was a nod to like, you know, actors are not important in people's minds, but they really are. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you got these two characters juxtaposed against each other of, the matri- of Neo who wants to get out of it. And Cypher who's like, you know what? At the end of the day, if I don't know that the machines are controlling the human race – and i can just live my life give me that man yeah you know so i think it just it's one of those movies you can watch it and just be like man that was a cool movie or he could actually sit there and think about it you know not to be weird oh, yeah. like man there's so many so many little nuggets like as far as, like commentary that holds up today on our society even, i think even more so
0: yeah i, I had a question for you um this is kind of a, a you know a cheesy question, but would you take the red pill or would you take the blue pill?
1: I'd like to think I'd take the red pill,
0: um, <laughs> is the one that
1: leads you to go down the path of truth and yes. liberate yourself.
0: And then the blue pill takes <laughs> you back to not... the life that you knew.
1: Yeah, the blue pill takes you back to life, which it's not to say that the Matrix was perfect. For Neo, even. For Thomas Anderson. Because he didn't love his job. He was a hacker by night. Wanted by the FBI, maybe, or whatever. And so he didn't have a great... It wasn't like he was crushing it in life. Right. But when he woke up in the Matrix, he was like, I kind of want to go back, because this sucks. Like, being underground and being hunted by machines and robots and eating gruel sucks. Gruel, But... Yeah, eat gruel. eat that gruel. I don't know what else to call it. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I all have to say, like, I'd like to think I'd be noble enough to pick the red one. But if knowing everything I know, it'd be nice to take the blue one and just wake up and not have to do that. But then you wouldn't get to have all the cool fight scenes. So yeah, I'm gonna go. That's
0: true. You're Every, gonna go red everyone's
1: pill. gonna say they're. Everyone's gonna say they're gonna go with the red pill. No one's gonna be honest enough to say. When push comes a shove. No, I would take the blue one and just go back to sleep and wake up and <laughs> be normal. you know, no one's gonna say that because yeah, perhaps we're living in the blue pill right now, as we
0: we could be. And you know, my life is pretty great right now, as it is in the blue pill. So I don't know. I might just take the blue pill shamelessly and enjoy the life that I have, and you not know, like what he says, ignorance is bliss. and yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully life is good. So yeah, I I would take uh, I would take both pills. What would, <laughs> I wonder what would happen?
0: You know what what was like one thing looking back that I thought was so <laughs> one of those weird moments you're saying is they have a full glass of water, a massive glass of water, on a table right next to the two chairs, and. They're, they already got this set up. Like, Morpheus has the pills in the little Altoid can. <laughs> he pops them out. I just love how somehow they had this glass of water. <laughs> it's, it's so big.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I don't know how it worked. I'm still fuzzy on this part. Like, okay, so they're out of the Matrix. They're in the real world. Then they plug in... They go back into the... It's just a computer program. It's just a really nice VR. Mm -hmm. They go into the the Matrix. Do they get to program... I think they get to program what comes with them. So, like, when he's, like... He's like, Neil, what do you need? He's like, guns. Lots of guns. 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 (laughs) So I think they can just, like, program stuff into the Matrix. Because they can hack in. So I think, like, as far as I know... They went to the scene, and they're like, all right, what do we need for this blue pill? We need the pill. We need a red pill. We need an Altoid box. And we need a full glass of water. Can you program that up? And he wrote some code. Yeah. (laughs) So they had to have that. It's like he puts the pill in his mouth, and then he's like talking to Morpheus for a second. Then he picks up the glass and drinks it. So it's like he could have just probably had him swallow it. At that point, like, having a little pill, like, stuck in your throat a little bit is nothing to worry about <laughs> when you've just been chased by agents and you've had your mouth melt into goo and all, all that. Oh, yeah. Got he's help. not going to be like, oh, I can't take this pill without a glass of water.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, what if that happened, though? There was no water. And he's like, which pill is it, the red or blue? And Neo's like, um, yeah, I'm going to need a glass
0: of water first. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you're not the chosen one. You, exactly like, you're kind of a dweeb. <laughs> Here's something that I didn't really catch the second or last time I saw it. So when they go out and they're gonna take Neo to the uh, the Oracle, which that's confusing. I need to get that clarified, But this is also a smaller, confusing thing. What? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just disagreeing with you. Go on. Um, who's the guy that sets up, like, the... the? He's, like, the traitor. What's his name? Oh, Cypher? Cypher. Cypher. Yeah, Cypher throws a cell phone in the trash can. And I, I remember seeing that, and I remember thinking, okay, he's probably going to come back and call himself out. Is that what happened? Or was there another purpose for the trash can?
1: No, I believe that was so that he was telling the Sentinels where to go. He's
0: basically, that's how he was giving them up, like, Uh, to track them. Okay. It was more tracking instead of, okay, I I get that now.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's, I think that's what it was. I think your theory is also plausible. I'd I'd have to look into that. I think he, I don't know how it works, but I think they have to reestablish a connection. So I don't know if that one would stay open or you have to I – don't, I don't know enough about that. But I do know that he – that's when he was selling them out. So I think that open line
0: helped him get in and figure out yeah. where they were. Oh, okay, I, think, I think you're right. I just kind of forgot how he got out of the matrix because he goes back and then he wounds those two guys and then he ends up killing – the other two
1: that were with the Trinity. A... Yeah, well, he killed one of them. A... anyway, he goes through a payphone. He the goes through a okay. random payphone and then he's like, Cypher, how did you get through? And he's like, Oh, there's this car crash, horrible crash. And then he's able to get in through this this but then he, he kill he shoots both of the brothers and then huh. one survives. That's
0: right. Survives. Yeah. Oh man, I really do like that scene where he's kind of sitting up on Neo, about to shoot him. He's like, "Look me, look at him in the eyes, and tell me, tell me that he is not the one." And she's like, "He is the one." And yeah, it's that crazy thing where it's just fate that has it. Fate's just like literally protecting this prophecy, and. Yeah, There's like nothing he could do. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of things
1: with that, with the prophecy and the Oracle that, you know, she tells him you're not the one or whatever. And so he's like, oh, but everything lined up with that. Where Morpheus said she told you exactly what you needed to hear, Neo. And then Trinity, we know her prophecy was that she would love the one and she Mm -hmm. loves this guy. So like he has to be the one. As far as Trinity and Morpheus are concerned, he's got to be the one. Mm -hmm. But he thinks he's not. You know, he thinks he's just trying to save save Morpheus' life or whatever. Um, Right? It's 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 crazy. But yeah, the the whole Oracle thing. I was like, when I watched it just then, or like a couple days ago, like, is she in the Matrix? Like, I'm I'm confused because to be in the Matrix, you'd be in that. I thought you'd still be in that bubble of the goo bubble thing. Yeah. Pod. Yeah. You know? But Morpheus said she was um, around from the beginning like of the Re- resistance or whatever. Yeah. So I wonder if she is similar to Morpheus in another ship or something. And this might have been followed up in the previous or uh, subsequent movies.
0: Oh. maybe
1: she's in the real world uh, liberated but Comes back into the Matrix, kind of, or kind of lives in the Matrix for for a bit.
0: Okay. To me, I, I don't... That's one thing I, I'm still fuzzy on from the movie, but... Yeah. So, is Neo the one?
1: Is Neo the one? Is Neo the one? Oh, he's the one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... Especially uh, if you see the last scene uh, when he starts kicking some agent butt <laughs> and they start, because that's the thing. They say uh, no one has ever fought, uh, fought an agent and lived. Yeah. So like anytime you see one of these agents, you just run. But he doesn't. And then, yeah, amazing at the end there. But they, of they start running. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was, that was another thing that was like holy cow, like, what? you never <laughs> seen... No one's ever jumped inside of a man before and exploded him <laughs> from the inside out? And if you haven't seen the movie by this point, what are he you doing listening to this? Straight into it. him. <laughs> like, we can't even explain it. But yeah, he, he did that. So yeah, I think if you dive into a dude and
0: explode him, you're the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you very but well true. could be the one and he is the one. So that that was cool. Um let's see. Anything else about the movie? Um other thoughts.
1: You know, I just like I said, I think it's one of the to me it's it's probably my favorite action movie. I don't know if it's my favorite sci-fi movie cuz I got I got some other ones, but I don't know. I I could go all day just talking about the randomness, like I said, of the movie of just the, whether it be the little Easter egg things or some things that there's still things about this movie to me that didn't make sense. Not to say like it was plot holes or whatever. It's more of just like, I think it's so well done and so deep that like the thing with the Oracle or different things. I still don't know exactly how some of these pieces work because it, yeah, so well, like it's a movie stands up to the test of time and Mm -hmm. you can still watch it It holds up today so i
0: don't know yeah it's brilliant but so let's um i don't know i think if we're if we feel like we've talked about the movie enough we could probably move on to giving it some awards and you feel like that's good Are we gonna talk about the matrix
1: four at some point or save that for later
0: oh let's talk about that at the very end because that's a big deal okay that's cool okay um yeah we'll talk about matrix four here at the end so let's do this let's give a couple of our favorite parts here what would be your best scene if you have to give it one scene favorite scene in this movie what's it gonna be
1: well we've we've danced around it we've covered some of it but i have to say just Okay, so like my favorite scenes lately are different than when I first watched it. Yeah, but I've got to pick a favorite scene of all time. So like, uh-huh. like, this this week aside, just the the when I'm sitting there watching it, my favorite part is in that very end when he's fighting the agents and Morpheus and Trinity are watching from you know uh-huh. uh, from the ship or whatever, and they're like, "What what's happening?" He's like, he's standing his ground, and Morpheus says. He's beginning to believe. Huh. I was like, "Oh, dang!" Because then, from that point, once he begins to believe or whatever, yeah, he starts, like he like he just starts ripping a new one on these agents. Yeah, he's like he's
0: just biting them with one arm like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's at that point like he's doing the karate, and he just turns sideways and just is like, "Nah, you're an agent, you're a sentinel program that can kill any anyone, but oh, uh, no, this is easy." And then, like, yeah, the exploding, the jumping in, he does the – where he's punching him with, like, looks like eight arms, but, you know, he's just so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And just the fact that he made the agents run where it's, like, the whole movie, these guys are built up as, like, these just monsters. One can even touch, and all of a sudden – it wasn't a – okay, it wasn't a John Wick moment where, from the very beginning, he's just a B.A. He can just take anyone out. No one can touch him. yeah. Guns, whatever, fight scene, he's just bad. Neo, we see a progression. There's actual character development, which didn't happen in John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Not to throw shade on him, but but no, I love that scene because it just is that build-up, the climax, and right. the resolution of like, man, this guy, he is the one, and he's beginning to believe. I just love that that mm-hmm. line, I guess. And, yeah. and just the in fight scene was really cool.
0: Oh, yeah. His uh, facial expression there when he right after he says he's beginning to believe, he's just like he's making this expression where he's like, whoa, what is going on when he's when he's just fighting one armed? And it's like, whoa, he is realizing he's tapping into something so different and real. Which was cool. I'd say my favorite scene. I'm gonna give it to the training montage or the training sequence of uh, him and Morpheus. <laughs> I just love the the that whole fight sequence. Yeah. he's learning everything. They're downloading all these programs. Yeah, pretty good.
1: Yeah, and he's he's uh, yeah, he's fighting Morpheus, and he's like how did I beat you? <laughs> when Morpheus beats him. He's like, how did I beat you? I'm like, I don't know, dude, you're faster. He's like, do you think that my muscles and strength have anything to do or have any meaning in this place? Yeah. And Callison, I'm like, I guess not. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Dude, I was like asleep or whatever, five minutes ago. Now I'm out of the matrix. Like just pump the brakes. But Yeah. Yeah, that that scene that was cool, the simulation the uh I feel like there was another weird little karate thing they did in that one too where it, of course there's the hand the little gesture of, like, you know, some fight <laughs> whatever.
0: Oh yeah. I was, yeah,
1: that was that was classic.
0: Oh man, that was that's a good one. Um so let's do a uh, best gif. <laughs> What would be the best gif, most memeable gif in this movie? I think we've talked <laughs> about
1: it, but I think it's it's the melted mouth. <laughs> like it's gotta be if you just search Matrix on your gif uh, machine, uh, it's that'll come up. It's, yeah, you'll see it. You probably already most people probably already seen it, but I I feel like that one as far as gifs go, and then I think. Maybe for memes, so just like a picture is that one of Morpheus with the sunglasses where he's just kind of like, because <laughs> you can make that mean anything. He's got those baby glasses, but
0: uh, <laughs> that one's just classic to me, but the baby glasses, what about what about for you? Oh, man, I, I got to do the weird, <laughs> the weird arm move in the subway fight as the gift. <laughs> the. He's, like, snapping one well, arm he... back. The other one's going forward.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call that, but when he did that, I laughed out
0: loud. For... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like his arm was out of socket, and he's snapping it back in or something. It's weird. <laughs> but then um, for the uh, for most memeable moment, probably the red, bill, red pill, blue pill. I've seen so many good ones with, like, uh, especially like sports teams that choke or it's like advance to the super bowl choke on like something and <laughs> you know they pick the red pill but uh
1: yeah that's antonio brown wears the helmet or doesn't <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> fights his coach or doesn't Plays. <laughs> antonio take the red pill you'll play this year take the blue one and and you won't, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see some good ones. Um, Let's do this. MVP of the film. Oh, no, let, let's save that till the end. So what's aged the best?
1: I think that the story has aged the best. Be, uh, well, oh, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I think the story yeah. has aged the best because it's still so appropriate for where we're at we've only advanced in technology since the matrix Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i think even more now more than ever we're closer to that idea of machines taking over like i said not that i think you know we're all going to be slaves to robots but in a small way we are to our phones and our our wi-fi and things like that so i think just the cultural significance of what it what it kind of taught or like kind of the social commentary yeah i think that's what's what's the I could point to a few other things but I'm not going to do that cuz then I might take some things you're going to say. So I want to hear what you thanks what you put out there.
0: I'm going to say probably the goofy one-liners. And I I think there's some <laughs> one-liners in this movie that are just they're off and <laughs> they just make me laugh so hard like the whole guns lots of guns. <laughs> lots Good of guns. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I got one for you, because 'cause I'm with you on that, is the uh he's telling the training programs he's about to do. He says, Yeah, let's do some train basic ones, let's get rid of those. Uh let's start with jujitsu. He's like Jiu Jitsu? I'm going to learn jujitsu <laughs> Like, yeah, Keanu, you're gonna learn jujitsu. But I think I think it's because he's okay, he's not He's not a great actor. Let's just... I was also going to say that. And so <laughs> these one-liners help. Like, this is his... He was the perfect character for this <laughs> because he's kind of that aloof person. Like, whoa. like He's like the Bill and Ted guy, <laughs> Yeah. feel like. So, it's so true. for someone to be plucked out of the Matrix, put into this world is like, you need someone that's kind of like deer in headlights kind of like all the time, like... Jiu-jitsu. Like, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, those one-liners were great. And I was also going to... That's probably going to be what... Uh, never mind. Um, Let's do this. What's aged the worst about the movie? What do you think? Ah. Uh, oh.
1: <laughs> what's aged the worst? Man, I don't... You go first, I need to think um, more.
0: I'll go first, and I think you know, because we've advanced so much in filmmaking over the past uh two decades, I think it's unfair to make this statement, but it's also the one thing that stood out to me the most, which was probably the the practic- not the practical effects, but just the computer generated graphics the c g i i felt like didn't yeah. age very well the uh the scene where they're in the tubes and there you look down into the sides it's just i'm like whoa what's going on here this is this is old but yeah, i do need to remember it, yeah at the time that was that was major advancements but you know looking back like if you compare it to a movie like from this year, you're thinking, wow, oh my gosh, we've advanced so far. But that's the one thing I think that maybe has aged the worst for me. But what were you going to say?
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah, I think um, I was going to say like those scenes that you're talking about, a lot of the ones in the in the ship, um, yeah, or like in the quote unquote real world. And it got worse in two or three because most of those movies were shot in a lot of it at least was shot in the real world so what like those scenes didn't it seemed different like it didn't seem right but like when they did the stuff it was green screen or in chicago or wherever they filmed it looked it looked fine like it looked oh yeah like it pretty much holds up but yeah it's like some of the the CGI was and that's going to be the case you know we're not we're not throwing shade on it cuz at the time it was great CGI but oh, look yeah. back at some of these movies and of the time and it's like dear lord but but yeah, I mean, I'd probably have to just agree with that one because I, I'm trying to sit here and think like, what is aged poorly? And I think it's because I'm such a lover of it. It's hard for me to even pick anything out. Yeah. But no, like watching it, I did notice that too. It's just like in 20 years, you that's one thing you can see. Yeah, they had great visual effects and all that, but at the end of the day, the the technology just wasn't
0: wasn't there. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could say the same for Star Wars in '77. You could say the same for like Ghostbusters. That's that gets weird. Like mm-hmm. those, that CGI is weird. And you know, we're gonna probably look back 20 years from now and kind of laugh about Avengers Endgame or yeah. or even the new Star Wars films and be like, those are weird. <laughs> like Thanos looks weird. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's do this. So after we went through those awards, our final award we're going to give to the MVP of the Matrix. So I've had some time to think about this one. Um do you have an MVP that you, that you have off the top of your head or do you need to think a little bit about it?
1: I have I have two that I'm I don't want to say both of them. I want to say one. And so yeah. I'm just struggling on one hand, I've got the red pill, which <laughs> signifies one person or thing. And the other hand, I have the blue one. And I don't know what – so I'm going to take one of the pills, so to speak, in a second but, and give you that. But you, you go first again. Okay. You know what you have. All
0: right. I'll go first. Um, Here's my water bottle if you need to take the pill. <laughs> a massive <laughs> glass of water. There. Oh, oh, you're out. They need to re- – Hey, we, need to, we need to program this. We need to get some new water. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I'm going to give my MVP to Trinity. And mm. I'm going to do that because I felt like wow. her performance was solid. She was a consistent, great character the whole mm. movie. That The introduction Absolutely. to the film is set up so well because of just how great she performed in that opening sequence when she's running from the agents and she's doing those crazy superhuman moves and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening? But I felt like her lines are pretty great. Um, And one thing about Trinity that's pretty cool is we haven't really, up until this point, we, we haven't really had a lot of these BA super... Uh, women roles and this was kind of a a new way to see that i thought it was pretty cool she confirms the prophecy by expressing her feelings and i'm glad she shared her feelings because then neo could finally uh become the one (laughs) but yeah overall felt like trinity was pretty sweet in this film what about you yeah that's yeah
1: that's really spot on um I thought about Trinity actually because I'm like you know, she yeah everything you said to echo that but, but she yeah she's kind of the quiet, quiet character but you know, like she she's definitely got this like street cred, you yeah. know where someone is like that or he even when he meets her initially he's like, whoa, you're like you're Trinity he's like I thought you were a dude she's like well most dudes do you know yeah but she I not know she's just subtle she. But, but yet, by the end of the movie, you're really rooting for Trinity. You know, it's like, man, she's, like, good-hearted. Per- like, I don't know, can fight. all. The, like, she's a great character, so I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go very similar to that. And um, I'll say that I'm not going to go with Neo because I think that's, you know, that's an obvious pick. That, hey, yeah. Keanu Reeves in this movie, without Keanu Reeves, without – that character of Neo, I don't know if The Matrix would have done as well as it did. I mean, you... Yeah, I don't that, know that it works. Mm-hmm. You can't... It's hard to know in retrospect. So, definitely Keanu, major props. Like, seriously, dude was amazing. I think he was perfect for that role. But I want to say for my MVP, um, aside from Neo... Because he's the main character, you know? Yeah. Aside from him, though, I, I really do feel like Morpheus... Yeah. Was my M V P because uh not only to say my I have a car named Morpheus, it's a Toyota Matrix. Oh. So I drive <laughs> I'm in the Matrix every day. <laughs> um but I get out of the Matrix now. too. I yeah, and so my car we nicknamed it Morpheus years ago. But I just think um that notwithstanding, that's not why I uh picked this because of my car. But <laughs> But, no, like, uh, again, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, who did the best acting performance in this movie. But Lawrence Fishburne was spot on with that character. He played it to a Mm -hmm. T. Carrie-Anne Moss played Trinity to it. like, she did great with that. Oh, yeah. And Keanu played a great Morphe. Like, they all did good. But I think just the kind of the aura that Morphe has had of just, like, this guy knows stuff like this guy he's very confident he's very soothing though he's like telling him how welcome to the real world like <laughs> he's just very reassuring but yet the whole world is collapsing around you and you got this guy that's like neo i believe in you you know it's just like man we all need a morpheus in our life that's just like you know what i believe in you <laughs> you can yeah. do yeah no i'm not i'm not the one i'm like you heard exactly what you need to hear. So I think just his character was was an MVP because he brought out Neo from The Matrix, you know? Yeah. And aside from that, aside from what his character did in the movie, just Lawrence Fishburne killed it. Like, did a phenomenal job. So, I don't know. And when when it came out, like, everyone wanted to wear those little glasses that he had. <laughs> no, no uh, uh, what are they, like, uh, frames or whatever? Or... What's that They're part like, that goes on your ear? Like,
0: is this this the stick?
1: No stick. It's just a little pop on his little little nose there, and it's like, man, this dude is bad. He's got the sunglasses. He's got a trench coat. Like he's confident and just. You can't have that movie without Morpheus, and so I think, and even in subsequent movies, man, he, he's. So it goes down like that name even just Morpheus.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, no one else is called Morpheus anywhere. So true. Morpheus is is an epic name. Yeah, truly
1: epic. Oh, yeah. Um, does someone the is- name their child Morpheus?
0: <laughs> a lot to live up to. Uh, who is the red pill? Who is the blue pill? <laughs>
1: uh, well, Morpheus the red pill because
0: you know. <laughs> he ended up picking <laughs> that one. I I say there's yeah. another individual or a group that you could uh give them the mvp i you could really give the mvp to the agents because they were solid in this movie i feel like they also aged very very well they were great villains very intimidating and just skilled uh they brought a level of uh stake to the film that i thought was pretty pretty sweet
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. mr anderson people still quote that to this day (laughs) Like when we watched it, we didn't know, are they just FBI agents? We found out their computer programs, and then it was like, man, they can, they're unstoppable. But like, you can't have a good hero without a great villain. And to your point, those guys are, those guys are great, but they could be anyone, like any yeah. human, they could just absorb into him and take them over. Like, that's insane.
0: That was insane. That's something I didn't realize until this viewing that they could. They can transfer. They're like they go from host to host, basically.
1: Yeah. They became a homeless man. They became a garbage truck driver. Yeah. (laughs) They became some other people too, but Mm -hmm. they do whatever they want.
0: Yeah. Um so after at the end of our awards, uh we mentioned we wanted to talk about Matrix 4. So It was Mm -hmm. announced this year that they're going to do a fourth one with Keanu and Carrie Ann. uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know her last name, but... Moss. Moss,
1: related to Randy Moss, Randy Moss's sister.
0: Wait, what? (laughs) Randy Moss is in the... I'm just... (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) But yeah, this is a big deal. Are you pumped for this? Yeah,
1: um... This is what I'll say about Matrix 4. I don't need Matrix 4. (laughs) As a lifetime lover of the Matrix, I don't need it. Will I go see it? Yeah, I'll go see it. Will I be excited? My expectations are low because we've seen this before, right? Classic movie comes out. 20 years later, they remake it. Indiana Jones Crystal Skull. That's kind of
0: kind of what oh, I'm thinking. Yeah. Like
1: I I know that they're not gonna go into it thinking that, but it's just so hard to recreate it. I'm saying, like, personally, I don't need a fourth one. I'm satisfied yeah. watching The Matrix and even going back watching the sequels just to see like how they did, but part of it is too, like Neo and, and Trinity died, so I don't know. Oh what? how they will do this or it's going to have to be some storytelling, you know, because I'm pretty sure, like I said, I haven't seen the second and third movie in a, so many years, but I was reading an yeah. article about it and I, I'm pretty sure like this, that's how it ended. And so it's like, are they going to bring them back? Cause I don't, it's one of those things where I didn't feel like I needed the movie because it didn't leave me on a cliffhanger. The first movie ended and you're like, Oh, what happened? what's going to happen? He hangs up the phone. He's like, I'm going to hang up this phone. I'm going to liberate. I'm going to let everyone know what's possible. And then he hangs it up, and you're like, oh, he just dropped the mic on these dudes. Yeah. Then we had two more movies to unpackage what that the war was like. So now I'm like, well, what are we doing? It's Matrix 4. So we're just going to give money because it's Matrix 4. Yeah. But I don't need it. I hope it does well. I will go see it. But I'm also realistic to know – I can't put it at the same level of the Matrix. Mm. I've got to go in realizing this thing is, if it entertains me, great. I'm glad they have Keanu, a 55-year-old Keanu. It will be great. And uh, I, wanna, I don't know what Carrie Ann Moss looks like anymore. So that'll be cool to see just like how she's doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, I'm excited. But I, I'm trying to temper my expectations because I don't want to go into it overly excited. You know, and it hasn't even started production, so we're a ways out. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, not next year. I was wrong when I said that. Probably 2022. Yeah, but they're starting filming in 2020, so you. Not too far off. (laughs) Um, yeah, we'll see. I think it could be totally amazing, but who knows? Might be a flop. I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a good comparison here. (laughs) Um, we'll see. Anything else that you want to add to the matrix before we uh, before we close out here?
1: You know, I think this has been a great thorough investigation of the matrix, um, and yeah, I can't I can't really add anything. I I think uh, I would encourage people to go see it and uh, hit us up let let us know either mm-hmm. through Fandom Rant or through Dad Pod. What yeah. you thought? We might have missed something. We were all over the place today, so we were. I'd love all to over hear people's place. thoughts and opinions. Actually, what they what they liked about it, yeah. or what we missed, or maybe they'll help us fill in some of these plot holes we couldn't figure out.
0: But <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, this has been an amazing episode uh, where we learned lots of jujitsu and we have lots of guns and jujitsu. <laughs> jujitsu. <laughs> uh but it's seriously been such a great uh time, Josh. I'm glad you're able to be on. Uh we'll definitely have to do this again. Anything you'd like to say before we uh farewell? Well first I'd like
1: to say again thank you. I'm not blowing smoke. This has been an honor. It's been fun just chatting. I could chat movies and talk <laughs> you know all day. So this has been great. So thanks for having me. Uh, if you uh, if anyone would like to follow a podcast about nothing which is uh, Dad Pod, my podcast about nothing. Yeah. Okay, I got to say, like, that's from Seinfeld. Probably a lot of you don't know that reference, but it's an idea of uh, – it's the everyday nothings of life that uh, I like to talk about. And uh, anyway, I just started it, so it's kind of a fun thing I'm doing. Follow on Instagram, at a pod about nothing. So that's easy to remember. It's nothing. Yeah. But, uh, I just want to say it's been fun. Being on this podcast, love Phantom Rant, what you guys are doing, it's hilarious and insightful <laughs> at the same time. So, can't wait to uh, to hear even even greater episodes in the coming days, greater than this one because the guest on this one, what? let's be honest, was kind of a kind of a dweeb. No, 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 <laughs>
0: that, that, that's <laughs>
1: not real. <laughs> but no, I I really I love the podcast you guys are doing and love following along. So, again, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll come back anytime. We'll talk about nothing. You know, it'll be great.
0: Oh yeah, seriously. You know, you might be thinking a pot about nothing. How, how could that be, like, entertaining? But it actually is so entertaining.
1: I ask you... myself that every week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was your last episode on the the top things you missed about the nineties? Is that the yeah, last? Yeah, the last, one? last
1: two I've done two top nines because uh, it's nineties. Uh, right. One was what I missed most. One was what I missed least. So if you're a uh, '90s kid, you'll love it. If you're born around the '90s, you'll probably love it. If you yes. weren't, you'll love it still. You'll all love it. So
0: <laughs> seriously, I love it. I love listening to it and keeps me entertained. Um, but seriously, it's Dad Pod. Pod about nothing. <laughs> we'll link. <laughs> we'll link everything from our Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, seriously, it's been awesome, Josh. I uh, love having you on. Um, I wish – I bid you farewell. I'll leave you with
1: this. Jiu-jitsu. I'm going to learn jiu-jitsu.
0: <laughs> we are going to learn jiu-jitsu. Um, but Actually, uh,
1: I got to go. I'm uh, going to learn jiu-jitsu real quick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, man. Learn jiu-jitsu. All right, man. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Phantom Rant. We have some exciting merch details coming soon, uh, plus some stuff from Lone Gunman, Um, some really exciting things coming your way. So stay tuned. See ya. all right that's good sweet let me stop recording this yeah that was awesome
1: well done man good job
0: thank you well done to you as well seriously Let's go.